Welcome to Floodlight, a podcast for teens wrestling with how to maintain their faith in a modern society. For you, by you, may your hearts be flooded with light, so you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He calls. This is Floodlight. 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 Hi, so Jordan, do you like spicy stuff, sweet stuff? You know what? No spicy stuff. Sweet okay, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or salty stuff better? Uh, Jesse, that's a very tough question. Uh, I gotta say I eat salty stuff a lot more than sweet stuff. Yeah, same. I mean, when do you usually eat sweet stuff? Like, special occasions. Yeah. But, like, salty stuff is just, like, my comfort food, you know? Like, mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Mac and cheese is absolutely... Chips. Or, <laughs> chips. Or sometimes just, like, instant noodles. Oh, oh that's, dang. Oh, that's good, uh, at night, you're trying to... Do your homework. Midnight snack. Oh boy. Oh boy. Since we're on the topic on salt, there's a Bible passage I want to share with you today. And uh, oh, really? This is taken from the Message translation because I think it does a pretty good job of uh, you know putting the olden words into today's culture. You know. Okay. So this is what it says: Matthew five thirteen to sixteen. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bears, you don't think I'm going to hide you a bucket, under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine! Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So, I think, I just had a few questions with this. I don't know if you can help me with it, okay. but um, how can someone lose saltiness? Or like, even in general, how does salt lose its saltiness? First, I guess I'll define salt, okay? So salt in this passage is a metaphor for like being like a good disciple. So pure salt is connected to being like a good disciple, right? So scientifically speaking, salt can't lose its saltiness, right? It's just not possible. Yeah. It's part of its like property, right? Mm -hmm. So that means like a good and true disciple can never like become a bad one because they've been changed as a person. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's basically like, yeah, salt can't lose its saltiness. So why, why, why would Jesus talk about salt losing its saltiness? Did it have something to do with like the Jewish culture at the time? So, rock formations were used back in Jesus' times to, like, to, like, preserve food. But these rock formations weren't pure, so they had salt in them. So basically, over time, the salt would, like, leach out of the rock. Oh, that's not like yeah. a boil. <laughs> and then the rock would become useless, right? And then the rock was thrown out because it had lost its salt. So that's what Jesus was referring to when he, people asked how to regain your saltiness. Oh, so he was saying how a salt losing its saltiness was basically just useless and thrown out yeah so we shouldn't lose our saltiness or else we'll be useless too yeah that's so, genius yeah you're a genius so this brings up like like the next question right so now that we know like uh, pure salt cannot lose its saltiness the next thing that we should ask is like how do you how do you become pure salt in the first place right true so um, basically what you need to do to become pure salt is first you need to understand what salt does, right? Yeah. Like in the practical way, like salt back in the day, it was used to actually preserve food oh. and also to give flavor. So in like, as a metaphorical context, it basically means 
to preserve good to preserve the good in the world and to add flavor as well. So this can be be done through like multiple medias and means. It doesn't have to be like public or like you know super big. It can be like super simple. So for example, like when I play volleyball, right, and the ball lands out, but I touch it before it lands out, right. The ref's like, oh, your point. But I'm like, no, that's not that's not my point because I I touched the ball. Yeah. Even though like no, it doesn't help me win in any way. Like it's like. You know, preserving good in the world. It's about telling the truth. That's what like being Saul's all about. So you could say, in a sense, that when when we accept the spirit into our heart to guide us, the spirit purifies us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah exactly. We purify and preserve the earth. Yeah. So I guess like what that looks like is like um, yeah, understanding what it means to be salt, and then asking God like, what do you want me to do? And then understanding what that is, and then actually doing and acting it out. Because if you just like hear it and don't do anything, right? Then what's the point? You're not really like being true salt. You're being like you know the fake salt, the the rock formations. So you could say that we have to act on the impulses of the Holy Spirit and embrace it. You know, I really understand what God wants from us and what He wants us to do. Yeah, exactly. So how do you think this is countercultural today, or? countercultural in Jesus' time. Yeah, so basically, you know, like, people think that, like, oh, sometimes Christians have, like, off days, right? Sometimes they're not just, like, acting good, they're having a bad day. But this isn't actually true. Because just like pure salt can never lose its saltiness, true and good disciples can't turn into bad ones. Because, like, once you become a good disciple, right, you've been changed as a person. So, like, bad disciples were, like, were never once good ones because... The kingdom has given them new life, and they've changed them as a person. It's <laughs> yeah. so, like you go to the person, you pay cash, and they give you back like I don't know, like four more extra quarters or something, or maybe just like a dollar. And then yeah, that's really like, just a yeah, dollar. Instead Jordan. of like, <laughs> instead of instead of keeping it, right? Yeah. You should like go back and give that dollar back, right? Because that's like cheating. That's not like that's not preserving the good in the world, you know, right? Yeah. Like that's not being like pure salt. That's like a small but simple example of like acting like pure salt. So I think like, especially for Christian teens like me and you, you know, like now this world is like just secularizing really oh, quickly. Yeah. And a lot of the morals and values that um, society once had, like as a more Christian society, maybe just like even 50 years ago, some of them are like rapidly just like, like getting lost within the sauce. Yeah, lost in the sauce. Like, you know, when Allen Iverson crossed Michael Jordan over. Oh, and one poppy. But I think it's just for us, we need to be we need to be more active in how we yeah. um, how we pr try to preserve the world because, you know, all around us, there's these things um, constantly preaching. Like society is constantly preaching to us about how we need to do this or how we need to do that. But like, I think as Christians, um, we need to make sure that we're like just trying to preserve the world. Yeah, in fact, like Jesus said, like he, he prayed for us. He said, like, don't be in, no, don't be in the world. No, don't be of, of the, the world. world. Be like in the world or something like that, right? You know what? Let's Google that right now. No, I, I have it written down. I have it written down. Yeah, be in the world, but not of it. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah, Jesus told us to be <laughs> in the world, but not of it, right? Yeah. So I guess you could say like Jesus is telling us that we need to continue his mission because we are part of yeah, this Yeah, we need to be world. like active in the world, but we shouldn't conform to yeah. the ways of the world. We need to make sure that like, not that we're distinct, but we need to make sure that um, we're actually actively trying to preserve the good within the world. Yeah. All right, Jesse. So now that we've digested that first part of the passage, let's look at the whole thing. Why do you think like God used both salt and light as a metaphor? 
That's a really good question, Jordan. See, I had the exact same question, so I decided to dig deeper into it. And it turns out that Jesus was trying to use salt and light, which were both important factors at the time to, to the Jewish culture, as a metaphor for um, how he, he thought that uh, we should behave as a society. So the first, it says salt of the land. And so God, or Jesus in this case, is talking about Israel. So the land is Israel. And salt, as you mentioned to us, is used to preserve um, preserve food, right? Yeah. So he's t saying that disciples and followers of his were invited to preserve the goodness within Israel because the world was going through decay. And, you know, obviously as sin, sin was there for uh, quite a few years, a few thousand years, I would say, obviously society started to deteriorate. Uh, deteriorate. Um, and then when you look at light of the world, Firstly, you look at the world, and which um, implies that he is speaking uh, to the whole world. And Jesus wants us, um, as his disciples, to make sure our good deeds shine yeah. to the entire world. And this also um, you know, tells us that Jesus' mission is not just for the Gentiles, not for just the Jews. It's for every single person in this world. So uh, just going back about um, what salt kind of is, you know, they used salt people still use salt to flavor the dish, right? That's the main purpose, not yeah. to preserve food anymore. To add flavor into it, you know, there's different salts. There's like what, truffle salt. There's like Himalayan, Himalayan salt. Yeah, like kosher salt, table salt. I mean, they're all salty, but apparently they taste different. I, I personally can't taste it. But uh, we're trying to add more uh, of a God flavor to this world or a Jesus flavor to this world um, because so many people now are turning away um like it's a rapidly secularizing society. Yeah. So we we as um, disciples of Jesus need to preserve the good that's within um, the society and try to like purify it. So then we have to add the Jesus flavor to it, and we need to keep the good in the world to preserve it, or else you know, pretty soon there won't be anyone to show us um, the right way to go, the right way to follow Jesus, the right way to live our lives. Secondly, we have salt and. Um, Back before, there was, like, all these electrical lights that, you know, usually go out every, like, few weeks now. Um, the light and lamps were um, generally used to light a very dark room. So, at night, uh, people would light, like, a candle. They'd stick it in the middle of the room. And, like, that would try to illuminate everything. Uh, Jesus is telling us that the world is dark, which means more and more people were turning away from him, uh, from the good, or you could say from the light. But being light means that... Not only are we lifting up the right way to be human, we are showing people what the right way to do. So the passage talks about how uh, we're not going to be a light that's hiding under a bowl. Like if you put a candle and you put a bowl on top of it. Candle's it, useless. Candle's useless. You can't see anything. But we also need to be light in the right sense. Um, there's like two groups of people, basically, yeah. you could say. There's those who shine for the world to see and those who shine and underable and can't be seen so no matter how good we are um as people or like how christ-like we try to be we need to make sure that people uh throughout the entire world can see who we actually are and not we don't just do it for ourselves we don't do, just do it for god we do it so that more and more people can turn to god so that our lives can be a testament to the goodness of god so jesus and light i think um sometimes go hand in hand so jesus is telling us to be light in the world but so we could say jesus was the first true light yeah. so we need to be able to mirror him right um put it this way 
the sun comes up and the moon does not shine but when the moon go uh when the moon comes up the sun goes down so you could say if jesus was the sun he went back to uh he came to the world to shine and then when he when the sun sets that's him going back to heaven but when he went back to heaven the moon comes up and we are the moon we need to shine so that people can still see the light wow beautiful analogy <laughs> so jesse how is this countercultural? i think this is countercultural because um i saw a study once that said uh a lot of americans um they knew the right and wrong thing to do but many of them prefer to do the wrong thing even though they knew what the right thing was maybe sometimes that's because um they there's something that they really want so they might steal it there's something that um like sometimes it's just compulsive buying we don't have always have to go um with the way that society tells us to go like like teens who vape like me and you we're am i allowed to say we're teens yeah 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 we're teens we're teens we're teens we're definitely teens okay run it back so a lot of teens now like sometimes they like to vape and although like sometimes it might be because of peer pressure or sometimes they they actually use it to calm down or something it's still not something that is legal here yeah. So, you know, just because a lot of people or a lot of teens are doing it doesn't mean that Jordan and I have to go ahead and vape with them. You never yeah. vaped, right? I've never vaped. Good, good. Um, so we can act in a way that is Christ-like and God-glorifying to show people that um, that God is the true light we need to alert, uh, turn to and that we need to carry out his mission. So I think one example, um, now this might sound very controversial, but... I think that uh, personally, Kanye West is one of those people who recognize that they had been away from the light for so long and needed to turn towards it. So he came out, he had a bunch of albums that were oh, just, yeah. uh, you know, in a Christian point of view, completely sick and disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I still like some of the songs, but, you know, <laughs> always going to turn off to Kanye. But he comes out and he, he completely reworks his life and says that... Um, the, the music he makes now is not going to be for himself or for the world. It's going to be for Jesus. So he comes out with Jesus is King. And I think that's completely, you know, most people think it's ridiculous. Like how can a rapper just go, go super Christian. But yeah. I think that's just him himself recognizing that he needs, um, he needs to have, have the light in his world. And he wants to be able to show that to people. Yeah. Um, I think, a lot of people now they're turning to bad examples like other rappers or like uh, gang members they think like that people think are cool and I think this is especially really prevalent towards males they they hear songs like um, actually let's not name songs but they hear different songs that are preaching uh, a message that is about drugs sex and woman and that's really not what um, God actually desires for us right so I think that um, that as a society, we just need to turn towards things that are more honorable. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bloodlight. Art by Alpha. Music by Janina. May your heart be flooded with light. See you next time. This is Bloodlight. 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 Bloodlight.